0: Well, welcome to Vineyard Church Online. My name is Andy Mead. I'm so glad that you're joining us as we begin this new series, The Great Comeback. Everybody loves a great comeback, and we need that today in our country. We need that in our communities, our families. Personally, many of us need a comeback from some setback that we find ourselves in. And so we're going to talk about that because the Bible is loaded with stories of great comebacks. I mean, person after person, we're going to look at uh, some of the highlights over these seven weeks. We're going to look at different people that had huge setbacks and turned them into comebacks. And there is a process. There's a process for that to happen. uh, And it takes uh, certain things to, to unfold. It doesn't happen instantaneously. Now, in our country, in our culture, we're all about Speed. I mean, we want things fast. We want online streaming. We want on-demand this. We want instant delivery, same day, maybe within a few hours, regardless of whether it's fast food or whether it's uh, or any kind of food or deliveries of anything. I mean, we're all about speed. And the advertisers, they certainly promote a myth that says you can have change immediately you can have it now you buy this exercise equipment you do this diet you listen to this podcast whatever and you'll have instant change but the truth is that is not true that's a myth change is a process and even within the faith community there's some people that promote that that if you love god enough if you have enough faith you should be able to change right away uh and here's how it usually looks it's a myth If God is powerful and He's loving, then I should be able to change my circumstances overnight. Well, that's just not true. That God has a process that He sends us through. And if we understand the process, we can cooperate with Him. We can work with God and see things happen in our lives, manifest, start to change for the good. And so we're going to talk about that today, and the process that God uses to change us. First of all, it begins with... Something that causes an uncomfortable feeling. It's something that causes us to be off kilter. We're discombobulated. We're not in our right place. We're not sleeping well. Our thoughts are are misaligned. I mean, we're just, we're in a place of being uncomfortable. Maybe anxious thoughts. Worried. We're always worried about something. And we're just uncomfortable. Now, here's the problem with this first part, this first step or phase, is so many people They just accept this, that they're not going to change, and it's not enough for them. They just figure that's their lot, and they just go on and on and on, living with an uncomfortable, uh, being in an uncomfortable place, living with these feelings instead of letting it change. Now, we see in the Bible, it says, my heart is troubled and restless. He's talking about being in an uncomfortable place, uncomfortable. I'm restless. I'm troubled. My heart hurts. And and here's, it's interesting, the Bible gives a couple uh, examples from nature about this. It talks about an eagle that stirs up his nest. You see, see a mama eagle uh, has eaglets, and when those eaglets get older, sometimes they won't fly away. They just stay in the nest. Some of you are going, hey, I know my kid is like that. But it's for an eagle, what they do is they start, de- the mama eagle will start to destroy the nest, creating a, a hole and eventually destroying the entire nest, whatever it takes in order to get the eagle out. It's, and for the little eaglets, it's uncomfortable. It's causing their their everything that's known, the predictable, the things that even though it's discomfort, a lot of times will stay in a place of discomfort because it's predictable. And so he says, just like an eagle or an eaglet, another example is a deer. Deer will go down into the valley where it's actually more dangerous. They can be picked off by by predators easier. And so eventually what will happen is, is the deer won't have uh, the water source and will cause the deer to go up uh, and, and, uh, into the heights, into the mountains. And so the Bible uses that as a metaphor. It says, as a deer longs for a stream of cool water, they don't have the water source anymore. It's a place of discomfort. They're not, they're not doing well. And so they go up. And so here he goes. just when we're in a place of discomfort, we go and we long for God. I thirst for you, the living God, where I go and be in your presence and worship you. And So this is the response that God's wanting to do. It's not that he causes these hardships, but they happen to us and he wants to use that to draw so that We can come closer to God. We can connect with Him. We can get into His purpose that He has for us. Because God does have a purpose for you. And so often when things are going well, so that things are going easy in our lives, God's on the back burner. We don't really care what He thinks and what His plan is for us. But when things start to become difficult, all of a sudden we're tuning in a little bit. But many times, as I said, that's just not enough. And so what happens is intense pain. It goes from just uncomfortable feeling to now, I am miserable I am in intense pain I'm very very uh, uh, in in pain and sad and miserable and and we can try to try to uh, solve it by medication or by sleeping more we think that the answer will come through I just need a vacation I just need some medication I just need to sleep more I just need to to uh, answer it like that instead of going to God but when the pain becomes a crisis, the problem becomes so intense, it says, I need to do something. Status quo is no longer okay. I need to respond in some way. God sometimes uses sorrow in our lives to help us turn away from our sin. Whatever we've got ourselves in, where we're just doing our own thing. We're not checked in with God. He, he'll use those things in our lives to cause us to make a change when it gets painful enough. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. We're just not interested until that happens. But when we're in enough pain, in Psalm 38, David there is in a lot of pain, maybe a physical pain. We're not really sure. All we know is is that he's in incredible pain. If you're in a place of intense pain, you need to read Psalm 38, because there he talks about, the kind of pain intense pain that causes him to look to god to go to god and that is ultimately what needs to happen which leads us to making a decision you just it's you just got to make a decision am i going to continue to blame somebody else or am I going to take responsibility for my own life? Am I going to uh, retreat and hide away? Or am I going to advance and and, and and do something about this? And when we make a choice that is a spiritual decision, God gives us that ability to make a choice. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether the teaching come from God or whether I speak on my own. Jesus is talking about the power of a choice. We get to choose what happens in our lives. We choose the sounds we want to listen to. We choose the taste we want in our food. We should choose to follow what is right. And so that is the decision where we make a decision. We've had enough pain in our life. We're done. We're saying, I need to do something. It's a crisis now. I need I. I, I need to, to, uh, to move forward. And sometimes that crisis just comes because maybe a spouse just says, I'm done and I don't want any more of this. Or we are hit with a lawsuit, or we our, our business is looking at bankruptcy, or one of our kids goes uh, off the rails, or there's all kinds of things that can happen with our own vocation, our personal life, our health, but it just gets to the place where you say, I need to do something. And that leads to this next phase, which is to gain insight, to understand a different perspective, Hey, I've been doing things my way from my perspective. Maybe God has something to say about it. And that's where the insight comes in. Do not change yourselves to be like the people of this world. In other words, there's a change that the world tries to do, but God uses change in a different way. He says, be changed within by a new way of thinking. So God's change is, has to do with we want to have a different perspective, change the way we're thinking. And that is what God calls us to do, he says that's what it's been all about all along. He says, then you will be able to decide what God wants for you and you will be able to know what is good and pleasing to God and what is perfect and so God says, I'm calling you into a different type of life where you're thinking different, where you have a different way of perspective and God says, I want to inject faith in your life I want you to be I want you to be set free through truth, a different perspective, not just our own sliver of truth. But God's truth, in fact, it's, the Bible says that truth heals us, sets us free, delivers us, gets us off of dead center, helps us to move from whatever setback we're experiencing into the great comeback that he has for us. And when God starts to activate truth in our lives and faith in our lives, not faith where we just, like, blind faith is the, is the term terminology as goes, where you just... You know, blind. No, there's no bl- nothing blind about it. It's through truth. We have, we gain insight. We understand better. And because of that, we have faith, hope in our life. The, the faith is substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. These things are connected. When we start to operate in faith, God starts to inject hope. And so no matter what circumstance brought us to that place, all of a sudden, even though our circumstance may not have changed yet, we have hope. God's at work in my life. Things will change. He's headed for some great comeback. I might not even see it yet, but it's going to happen. And that leads to the action stage where we are called to act, to step out, to trust God. The Bible says faith is not accompanied, that's not accompanied by action is dead. It doesn't help anything if we're not going to step out and trust God and, and watch God operate and change Our attitude changed the way we think, changed the way we respond to people. Now, your attitudes and thoughts must be consistently changing for the better. We're always changing. There's also a myth that says sometimes we'll hit this plateau of emotional nirvana where we're we, nothing causes us pain anymore. Nothing saddens us. Nothing disturbs us. That's just not true. We're always growing. We're always going to go through different di- different things. God wants to walk with us through those. Where was Jesus in those places? Pain. He was walking with us. We might not have seen him. We might not have recognized it. But He wants us to see God's at work in this process. Now, here's the process that God uses. To change is how to cooperate with it. Number one is accept God's comfort. God does care about you. He wants you to know that he's with you. He wants to encourage you through his Holy Spirit. And so receiving God's Holy Spirit, say, God, comfort me with your presence. And uh, that's what God, he loves to do that when he sees people in pain. God will encourage the faint-hearted, those tempted to despair. Instead of going to our regular go-to, which might be we, uh, you know, overeat or eat food that's bad for us, or we start cutting, or we start medicating, or we start getting wasted, or getting high, or getting drunk, or, or taking tons of meds, or binging on, you know, Netflix, or getting into some pity self pity party. All kinds of things that are often harmful for us. God says, "I want you to receive my comfort." That's what God's wanting. He goes, I, "That's the healthy way." to resolve the pain in our life. You have listened to my troubles and you have seen the crisis in my soul. See, this is what the psalmist discovers. That God's, he's hearing me. He knows what I'm going through. That's the crisis in my soul. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. That's Jonah. Jonah's the story of somebody who had a huge setback and he's running from God and he ends up in all of this despair, all of this trouble, and then he has this insight, and he takes action. He goes, you know what? This, I can use all of these difficult circumstances to cause me to go to God and receive from him. Step two is ask God for courage. Not only does God want to give you comfort, he wants to give you courage. There's a lot to be afraid of when we're looking at change, when we're looking at, hey, I don't want to be in this painful situation, and to change. If I change things, how will people respond to me? What will it be like? There's, that's why most people never change. They're afraid of the the other side of that, the unknown. That's why we need courage. God gives us courage. And here, I love this. It says, when you go through deep waters, you're in it deep and great trouble. I will be with you, God says. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, of oppression you will not be burned up those are great descriptions of the kinds of things we go through that causes us so much pain we have these deep waters of trouble we have rivers of difficulty we have fires of oppression God says you know what you're not going to drown you're not going under you're not going to be burned up I'm going to be there with you I'm going to help you through through this and so we ask God for courage then there's applying God's word God word, God's Word is has filled with over 7,000 promises that encourage you through regardless. It covers all circumstances. There's, there's a promise in there for you. And so getting into God's Word, stepping out, trusting God's Word that He is going to help me. And it says, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. That's interesting. You know, it says that if you read the bible you l- go to church you listen you have a lot of god's word in you but you don't change you don't do anything about it he says you're actually deceiving yourselves you think you're growing but you're really not uh, so he says make sure and go. now we all know more than we do this hands down all of us myself included all of us we know more than we do so we want to make sure and be careful we're not deceiving ourselves Thinking that I just need to learn more. No, God says, I want you to make sure and do what you know. And so that action step, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually put into put into action what I know and then continue with God's plan. Here's what you need to know: God will never, ever give up on you. He never gives up on you. And here's what God says about you: He says, You matter to Him, you matter to God. You probably are concerned about other people, but you know what? And, you, and maybe you think, hey, nobody can, is concerned about me. God cares. You matter to God. Your circumstance, your situation, your pain, your setback. Also, you're not an accident. Y- you are on purpose. You are on purpose. You may have been told something else. Maybe the circumstances of your birth. Maybe you've taken 23 me or Ancestry, and, and somehow you think, I'm just an accident. No, you are on purpose. And you matter to God and God wants you to know him. Regardless of what you're going through, ultimately God says, I want you to know me. See, he knows all about you, but often we don't know very much about God. And so he invites you in to learn from him, to be encouraged by him, to be strengthened by him. God says, he, these are the what he wants to know. And he goes, regardless of what you're going through, that he will not give up on you now. When we go through difficulties, a lot of times we're tempted to want to give up. Say, I'm done. I'm going to give up on this marriage. I'm going to give up on this person. Give up on this career or whatever. We just kind of, we give up on our health. Give up on ourselves. And God's message to you is, is don't give up. Anybody can throw in the towel and give up. God is strengthening you and encouraging you and with you because he wants to see you through. He wants to take a setback and turn it into a mighty comeback. Here's my last verse. Be confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. That's not me saying that. That's God saying that. He says that he will carry his good work into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, Often we give up on ourselves, but God says, I'm not going to give up on you. And we see that time and time again in the Bible, that people, no matter how old they are, and they think, well, I certainly have missed God's best for my life. And they don't. The minute you turn around to God, and you say, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be part of your plan. God says, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been waiting for. And that's how you turn a setback into A comeback. Now, I want to end with a story of somebody who had a huge setback in his life. When his child was born, the doctors said to him, You know what, your child is horribly disabled. Your child looks like he has brain damage, that he uh, will never walk, he'll never be able to talk, he'll be a quadriplegic the rest of his life. And they said, You should just put him in an institution. Well, this guy. He's a Christian. David Hoyt. And he goes, no way. He takes his kid home and raises him. This kid ends up graduating from college. The way that they were able to do that was they, he taught himself to type on a computer through something in his mouth. And that's how he communicated. Well, one day, when he's still in high school, he comes to his dad and he types in and says, Dad, I want, I've always wanted to run in a race. Would you Push me in a race, so, and, and we'll be part of a race. And so his dad says, well, I don't, I'm not really a runner, but I'll, I can try. So he trains. He takes him to uh, one of the high school meets, and he runs a mile. He comes in last, but everybody goes crazy. And so his son, after a little bit, types in and communicates to his dad and says, Dad, I've always wanted to run in the Boston Marathon. Would you take me on the Boston Marathon? Ray, run that race with me. And his dad says, hey, man, that mile almost killed me, but I'll try. And so he trains and he trains. And then he runs the Boston Marathon with his son and completes it. Right after that, his son said, dad, I've always wanted to run in an Ironman. With an Ironman is two and a half miles of swimming. It's 112 miles of bike riding and then a full 26 mile marathon. And his dad says, well, I don't swim, son, but I guess I can train. And he trains and he trains, and he does this triathlon, this Ironman, with his his son. He had this major setback in his life, and he turns it into this great, great comeback. I want you to just see some of the highlights of their lives together and ultimately this Ironman that they run through this video. Watch this with me. That's a great story of a comeback, a great comeback from a massive, massive setback. And I wanted to show you that video because you can do it too, regardless of where you're at. God wants to take your pain, your difficulties, your situation you're in, and turn it into a comeback. But you got to believe. you got to step out and say, I trust that God has something good for me. It might look different than you think. But when you trust God, God can do some amazing things. Now, ultimately, God wants your faith to change your mind, change your perspective, not see things the way you saw them before. You know, it's much easier to have somebody cry than to change. But ultimately, that's what repentance is. It's not just feeling sorry for yourself, feeling sorry for what you've done. Repentance, that biblical word, means that I feel bad, I feel sorry, but I'm now going to change. The pain, the sorrow, the hurt, all of that, that's going to lead to change. That's ultimately what God wants for you because He knows that's how He can communicate how much you matter to Him. That you weren't an accident, no matter what happened and what's happened in your life, God can take no matter what has happened and turn it for good. That's a promise in Romans. It says regardless of what happens to us, he can turn it and make something good come from it. God says, I care about you. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And ultimately God says, I'll never, ever give up on you. So don't give up on yourself. Turn to God. Turn your pain. Put your, all of your cares, all of your concerns, all your fears. Say, God, help me get through that because I want to have your plan and your purpose for my life. That's what he wants for you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you right now, wherever people are, in their homes or offices, wherever they're at, Lord, you know what they're going through. God says, I know the pain that you have in your life. The sorrow. The setback. God says I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to see you through this. God says I'm going to help you to make the choices. Where you turn to God and you get God's plan for you. Watch what God can do. When you just give him your life. God invites you right now just to take your pain, regardless of your circumstances, wherever you're at spiritually, whether you're a, you haven't made a decision for Christ or you've been walking for, with the Lord for years, just say, God, take this, this stuff that's going on in my life and use it for good. Help me to step out and change once again. If you've never put your faith in Christ, that is your greatest decision to make right now. Where you say yes to Jesus Christ. Yes, I want to follow you. And you repent. You just say, God, not only do I feel sad, I feel bad for what I've done, tried to do things without you, but I am willing to make some changes. Say, God, guide me through your word, through your encouragement, through your comfort, all of those things. Would you say, God, give me all of it because I want the best life now. And then invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Say, Holy Spirit, come in. Give me the power to live this life. In Jesus' name, amen.